I'm Nettie and this is Tanya. How are you, Tanya? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. My husband's got COVID at the moment, so it's a different world for me at the moment. But anyway, I'm um I'm living isolated up the other end of the house. So um but just before we came on today, once again I had no idea what we were going to talk about, as did you. We were going a bit blank. And um Spirit for about half an hour before we started. Um, just started to do download so much information again, and it was very much on the stuff that we spoke about at the end of last uh, series. So, and and when I say last series, that was the thing that Spirit said. This is uh, episode one of series two for us. So we're going to start a new series, um, which is exciting. And what they were calling it was the realignment, um, and. When I sort of asked what that mean meant, sorry, they went full on into um, where we're at at the moment um, as a collective, uh, human race collective, um, and what we're hearing. And and I don't know about you, but when I turn on a podcast or anything to do with sort of spirituality, one of the biggest buzzwords at the moment is either awakening or um, their you know um, conscious collective or conscious awakening. Um, Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I love that spirit wants to unpack that today and keep it real in a really grounded way. Yeah. Because to me, consciousness is a change of your perspective. Yeah. So, and I, I would often, I don't know if I've shared this um, analogy before, but to me, what they're bringing to me is that healing comes in interesting ways. So I could go to the gym every day and work out. So I could do it either because I'm punishing my body because I ate ice cream the night before, or I could be doing it because I love my body. When you're doing it from a place of loving your body, that is a higher level of consciousness, okay? But what they want to show me is that it's other people's view. So somebody could view in a lower level of consciousness. I hope this comes out right because they're just giving it to me as I'm going. Yeah. A lower level of consciousness as, oh, look at this person. They're so fit and wonderful because they're going to the gym every day. A higher level of consciousness lets you see the motivation more so behind that. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. not, does that make sense? Yeah, and definitely. then it, so it changes perspective and it just gives you a bit of a broader view of things. It breaks you kind of out of your mold. That to me is how you get to be conscious. Yeah, yeah, no, fabulous. In a very, analogy. very simple, simple yeah. way. Yeah. And I think one of the, the, the number one things that they said throughout this downline, which actually that, um, of course, runs in line with, um, is is making sure we understand what it is and understanding the difference between um, the two, which is what you've just done then. But they were saying to me that, the, that, that spirit is concerned that there is a falsified expectation to what getting to that consciousness is. And that is what they wanted us really to talk about today and to understand. And so that, that spirit was concerned that there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of people feeling like they've missed the boat, that they, why am I not connected? They're hearing that someone else is talking to aliens daily and someone else is, um, you know, getting into these two-hour meditations and someone else is, you know, um, feeling that they got 
levitating out of their body and they're like well why aren't I seeing that and you know there's a, there's the blue light movement they're like I'm seeing blue light everywhere why aren't I seeing any blue light you know those sort of things is actually really worrying spirit that that the message that they're giving to people and to these leaders they're getting the message out but some people are receiving the message incorrectly and and they're not saying in any way that the message that these people are giving is incorrect because it's not it is correct but what the important thing that they said was you will hear about an awakening, but is actually awakening as a human race. It is more of an alignment um, rather than an awakening into something that humans haven't had before. So over the last hundred years and modernism um, and the way that the human culture, in particularly, they spoke about the Western culture. And you will find that the people that are being attracted to a lot of these things at the moment are actually the Western female culture, both male and female, but the stronger version of it is the Western female culture. And it's because we got the furthest away from where we were meant to be. Um, and where we're going to go and going to move to realign back to where we should be, and that was what we talked about in the last podcast of last series, number 15, was that we, there's a certain percentage that we should be balanced per our age group um, for um, soul and physical balance. And so that they're saying we're going to get back to that. That's their point. Um, and yes, we will have an individual awakening and for a lot of us it will be a complete awakening because in the hundred years or in the time that we've been born in that we have been so unaligned that it is going to feel like a huge awakening for us like a feel like a human awakening but actually culturally if you go to a lot of the indigenous or other cultures outside of the western culture they are still very much aligned with where they should be and so their conscious awakening is going to be nowhere near as big as what <coughs> someone who had shut off from all the western modernism and all that sort of stuff gone down that path is actually going to awake so if your awakening isn't as big as someone else's it might be because you weren't as far off the path as what they are if that makes sense that's very true. Yeah. And and so they discussed a lot of things, but they basically also told me, which I found, you know, it was a reminder because I have been told this before, but that soul has no gender. It has no race. In fact, souls are interconnected. Um, and so if someone feels like they're missing out or they're, they're not the chosen one or they're for some reason, they are because your soul is a collective. Um, and that's a little bit, hard to understand and I don't think you need to go into it anymore just to know that we are all interconnected and that our paths moving forward are path as one um, and so you're by by coming like being more awake or being more consciously aware doesn't mean that you're going to see uh, hear ghosts or you're going to see ghosts or you're going to hear spirits so you're going to speak to aliens you can do it in fact the majority of us will not do that but we will be happier. We will be more aligned in what we're doing. We will listen to our intuitiveness. We will hear that. I was so excited when they were saying this because I was the word happier and joy and love and more connected to the basics of what matters. We won't really be caring whether we've got a six-bedroom house with a theatre and a pool. You know, that the, the tick-the-box large TV will nowhere near be as important to us. Um, and there still will always be a collective that this is. We're not all going to go there. If we did, then we would have 
peace and joy and love. But the fact is, I asked the question, does this mean that we're going to have no war and no fighting and no? Now, remember, this download's coming super fast and I'm getting all this information and this only happened less than an hour ago. So, And I was kind of like hopeful and I got a very, unfortunately, no, that's not the answer. That's not where we're going. Humans have those those um the, the greed and the the hate and the things are all part of being a human but what we will be doing more is we'll be more aligned with our soul's journey and so the further off that path that we got to get away from um being more conditioned and directed rather than listen to our intuition the more we got um uh away from the journey and listening to the journey and the guides that we were meant to have. And so we could go through a whole lifetime and actually not achieve much at all because we weren't listening to our intuition. We weren't following our paths that were meant to be in front of us. Um, and instead we were listening to the crowd, to the marketing, to the modernism. Um, and so we're going to have a natural push away from that. We're going to have healthier eating, those sort of things. You know, we're going to have healthier we're going to start talking more was one of the things that they said. So the more that you get in tune with yourself, the more you lose barriers and the more you drop that, that fear barrier that if I say something out loud, someone might say, oh, that's terrible. Or, you know, you're not, you're on this ladder and you're going to get knocked down on your ladder. Um, and, and we'll see life more as that circle of balance that we can open up to people. And exactly as you did in the last sort of three or four podcasts from our last series, you opened up very much to the pain and the thing of a relationship breakup. And and that that discussion is what's then going to get other people talking about that to their friends or to their family or back on our podcast to talk to us. Um, and those sort of discussions are going to be one of the roads out of um, the dip that human society were and the, the distance they were from the past. And part to our, if you want to call it, awakening so, but they're saying the right word is realignment as a human race. So, yeah, pretty cool. And, and, and I think that's fabulous because it's very common to see sort of that consumerism. And you said, you know, people aren't going to be as worried about having the TV and the pool and the big six bedroom house. But I think it's fair to say it's also okay to have yes. the 60 inch TV and the big house and the pool in the backyard as long as that's not sort of like your main motivation. Yeah. You know, there's a saying in the movie, the matrix where the steak till still tastes good or something like that. We're still allowed to, you know, be abundant and enjoy these different things in life, but it's about it not being our, our main driving point. So something that happened to me and has happened to me for quite some time is that, I'll make my own decisions based on how I feel and what works for me. So it's not somebody else. And I used to, you know, what should I do? What should I do? And people would give me advice and I would do that. And now it's very much in alignment with what works for me. And it's not, oh, okay. So this person talked this way to me. So I must now respond in this way because that's what you're supposed to do or that's how you're supposed to set a boundary. And it's like, no, I'm responding this way because this doesn't work for me. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, um, uh, I know a friend that has a daughter who um, doesn't like the gender pronouns. So she goes by the they and them. And 
went in the summer to this summer camp that was all about like um, non-binary. And and I'll be honest, I don't know the words super duper well, but like to a non-binary, like just everybody's welcome sort of camp. And she had a great time and she loved it. But I sat her down and I was like, I was like, you know, we have so many choices right now and, and don't choose this. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with choosing it, but don't choose it because it's what, what people are doing. If this completely and totally resonates with you, cool, do it. But don't, don't be a lesbian because, and this is just this particular situation, don't, don't be a lesbian just because that's what all the girls in school are doing. Yeah. You know, make sure that you're making decisions based on what truly aligns with you. And if that aligns with you, that's awesome. Yeah. But also don't consider that that or or make that attempt to live outside of a box be the only box that you're stuck living in. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Where, and that word oh, comparison. And oh, I, I was just attracted to a man. And oh, no, I can't be attracted to a man because I'm a lesbian. And it's like, no, like intuitively move through life with what works for you and I really hope I'm not offending anybody by bringing gender into it because that's not anywhere where I'm coming from I'm just trying to use that as an example of making truly authentic choices I know other people that are like oh well I've spent most of my life trying to live outside of the box and and not necessarily you know adhere to religious monogamy and it's like, but hold on, you can still choose monogamy. You can still choose having a life partner, but not have it be about society telling you that that's what you're supposed to do. You can still choose it because that's what you want. And that's yeah. what works for you. So that's what I think it is, is it's making these decisions based on what works best for you, that we're not just kind of walking around choosing you know monogamous relationships because that's what everybody does or choosing to have a husband that works and the woman stays home you know and raises the children like if that's what you want and that makes you happy cool do it but don't do it just because that's kind of what everybody does so that's how they're showing it to me is it's this break out of wait a minute why am I doing this yeah this doesn't actually align with me why am I so worried about the shape of my lips? You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> all of the, all of that, that's consumerism. And yeah. just as a side note, can you imagine the businesses that would crash? We would crash entire empires if women were okay with the way that they looked. That's yeah, just a side absolutely. note. Yeah. Right. When you, when you actually Google how much women spend on their appearance per year, it's astonishing. Um, I mean, I do too. I spend yeah. some money on it too. I'm not going to lie. No. And, it, and that's the balance, right? So, <laughs> but the word you used quite throughout that was alignment. And that's exactly what they're saying. And it's actually taking away, you know, we, we, we think about what physically we, we, our physical brain and our soul brain. And then you put another brain in there and that was the societal brain. And, you know, that's the one that they're saying we're moving away from. So that aligning of um, the, but, but that will move across too. So societal um, expectations and norms will always be there, but it's the collective that shifts that societal 
expectations and that makes people feel okay that it's to do things so we're always going to have that little pressure and I think that's when I was saying was there no war no fear no things like that that is in that bucket is there's always going to be like a marketing a societal thing a you know a commercialism to a certain degree but as a collective humans are going to get more back into things that align with their soul and their their physical and so they won't, you know, things like needing a, a TV in every bedroom, you know, was one of the things that they, they pointed out. But as you said, they're not saying don't have a TV or don't have a TV in every bedroom. It's just that you're going to find that you're not going to want to sit and be um, entertained as much because things like cooking, um, they showed me a scene, which I loved, of getting frozen food out of the freezer and putting it into a microwave. Now, I come from a family where we grew our own food and we cooked our own food. So this doesn't really relate to me, but it is more a collective sort of discussion that they're going. And then they had the family, the husband, the wife, and one and a child actually cooking together and talking and discussing. And they said, this is one of the biggest uh, shifts that you can make in actually making food together, taking the time to make the food together, showing love during that time and moving. So if it is that half hour each day that you you do that together, and we all call ourselves so time poor, but I remember when I stopped doing this with my own family because we got busy and I would just make stuff and not do it. When I moved back to having them all say, come on, guys, we're all doing this together, it was so much stronger for our family and we got we we actually laughed a lot more, we enjoyed our time more and we needed less time together outside of that meal time because that became our time. Something that you have to do, you have to eat, right? Became yeah. the the time together. And so Spirit's saying it's actually really simple changes. So don't look for massive aha moments or that the family's got to start rolling out yoga mats and meditating together because you can do that but you don't need to do that that's not where they were trying to push people that's not where they were trying to the path that they the road they were trying to show but it's the road that's looking like it's sort of shining and everyone's going you know do this do this and the other thing that 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 I felt was really important was they said that as we move forward our society, our generation over the next 10 years, unfortunately, is going to have to pay for a lot of these this knowledge that we lost. So we'll be doing courses and we'll be doing, you know, paying for herbal books and things like that. But what we should should have been doing is passing down that through generations. And we stopped doing that and we started to go to supermarkets and convenience and and we're still going to go to supermarkets convenience don't get me wrong they're all still going to be there our choices within them are just going to be different um and you know it's going to be a slow burn we're slowly going to go as we slowly came into it we're slowly going to go out of it and we will we will be considering more about the healthiness that we put into our bodies but we'll also then be saying to our children when you've got a cold uh, try this herb or try this sort of thing, if that makes sense. So, you know, it was talking about that and it sort of said we'll start to get together more as groups and understand that that collectiveness of discussion and of, of touch and, you know, we both value touch so much and they're saying we'll actually move back to that. And so will men, which was interesting that they brought up. I was just remembering a line that they said that the Western men are not very good at touch as a general uh, group. 
and oh my gosh have I ever noticed that when I travel like to um, like Mexico or whatever I see these men with their children and their families and they're all over each other they're touching and they're kissing or you see men like holding hands arms around each other patting each other on the backs and in our western society it doesn't happen because it's almost considered like weird And I also think there's been this very new age sort of toxic teachings that we need to be autonomous and we need to be on our own and we need to heal on our own and we need to go through these things on our own. And it's like, no, we need community. We need people around. All healing happens in relationships. Yeah, in yeah. relationship of I don't mean love necessarily a romantic relationship but that's how we grow is within a family or friendships or whatever and so I love that this is all that's being said I love it I love it carry on yeah um let me think I've got to read my notes because I was literally just you know throwing it down um they talked about the art of discussion. We talked about that. They talked about community, um, that community will look different to what it did 100 years ago because we have advanced so much in technologies. So they're not suggesting dropping their technologies will happen. In fact, like we are now, we wouldn't have spoken like this 100 years ago. It just it, it couldn't have happened. Um, and technology is going to open us up to uh, a more uh, holistic um, global kind of community and it already has um and so they're saying you know reach out and it was interesting that you said mexico because that was one of the places that they mentioned so like you know to other cultures uh to the indigenous cultures of everything but also to the current um modern culture within uh italy and mexico they talked about the philippines um they talked about some of the areas where we just interacted better with people that we were still spiritually connected in a much better way um and that traditions that's that was one of the things that they brought up that we will start into reintroducing traditions that were of the land where we are back in and i love this because my culture where that I live in, we have almost zero traditions that I think are worth having. <laughs> um, yes, we have Christmas, but it is not done in a way that well, they're all very be. Christian based. Yeah, but even if you forget the religion side of it, like the the point of for me for Christmas is is touching base with family and in loved ones, but it's more so touching base with the the community and making sure everyone in your community is looked after. And reaching out to that. And that's what I try and do to, at Christmas. When I go to places for Christmas, it's about giving everyone a present. You know, what are you getting? Who have you got? What did you get? You know, it's it's not mm-hmm. where Christmas started. So regardless of um, even religion, the core value of what that was about has turned into a greedy, materialistic, you know, consumer um, thing. I probably shouldn't go on about Christmas because it drives me nuts. And I think Christmas could be a most the most beautiful occasion if we if we dropped that and we didn't buy each other presents full stop. That would just change it. Um, economically, the world would probably go into a crisis. But anyway, um, they talked about they no longer would we, we, we're they're wanting us to stop being drip fed things. So for instance, um, this is really interesting because we did this yesterday uh, intuitively. So something came up and we wondered why the tennis had um, 
Why it was scored in love, 15, 30, 40, juice, right? You know. And then we found out that it was originally from a clock, 15, 30, 45, uh, and then 60 was you won the game. But 45 was too hard to say, so they actually said 40 in the thing. But you know what we all did? The minute the question was asked, we all pulled out our phone and said, Siri, why did blah, 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 right? Yes. And so one of we the no things we no longer is, have that knowledge being passed down. Yes, we 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 are getting our knowledge from a computer, from which came which is fed in from so many people, but we don't know who wrote that. We don't know who put that in. So we're not being fed things and facts like that. Great, you know, it was cool to know, but where did that come back originally? Like you can go and find all that information, but none of us went intuitively to go. I wonder why right and if we had a sat there and thought about that and wondered why we probably may have come up with a clock you know if it was 45 we probably would have but um knowing it but they're saying that 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 instant of going straight to a i'll, I'll just ask the source get the knowledge it won't be retained in your thing because there wasn't enough research involved it'll just disappear again so this instant knowledge that we're going to lose we can't pass on because it's too fast going through our brain so when you actually get told something over and over again by mom or by nana or by your neighbor or by your teacher, you then remember it. it's that repetitive kind of thing. And so culturally, they're saying to make this, this shift, one of the best things we can do is go back to those core uh, the, the, the core understandings. And if you do learn something like that, then you teach them that. And, you know, understanding why tennis has a scoring thing. It's probably not one of the things that they were pointing out. But it was uh, a, a reminder for me that that was the first instinct. We went, oh, click straight to our phones. And three people sitting together just go straight up to their phone. One of them was way up the other end because he had COVID. But the other two of us <laughs> sitting crouched mm -hmm. in one corner. Mm -hmm. We're looking at that. So, um, yeah. So they talked a lot about diet. They talked about mind and anxiety and you know, the stresses that we have in life uh, and that all these little things of actually realigning back will actually help dissolve a lot of those. Um, anxiety will always be a part of our life, but it will be such a small part like it used to be, uh, not such a big part. And especially because we have modernized so much that our health and our wealth is actually at a better level. And if we learn to distribute that in a kinder way, um, a lot of the issues that they had back in the 1800s when they were more spiritually aligned, um, they won't have we, uh, to worry about as much. So we will we'll even be better off as a human race, but more aligned. Um, and this is like the time frame that I saw was like 40 years. So, you know, I'm 50, possibly won't make it to the end of it. I might see it getting aligned properly. But it's wonderful to know that children coming into this world are getting that, that alignment. And we, we, we were talking about the men earlier too. And I noticed with my son's friends, so my son is 18, um, that they are more touchy. Um, we went on a houseboat for my son's 18th birthday and discussions that they had, my son and I, and my husband and I were talking about and we would never have spoken like they did. They were there. Uh, the boys' knowledge of the female um, uh, as a collective, like male and female sort of merged into one, was so much more than what it would have been like in Andy's era. Like he would never have sat on and chatted to his mates about 
um, you know, the uh, even uh, periods and things like that that they were talking about. They were talking about the moods that they go through uh, running in line with moods that females go through. And is there really a male or female, like, is there a difference really in mood swings? Um, you know, how much of it is that they could sort of feel themselves in that way? And, you know, some of them were much more into that than others, but it was really interesting because I'm like, there's no way in the circle of friends that we had at that thing that the boys would have been talking like this. No way. Um, so I think it's already happening, which is really good to see. It needs I to happen a lot more. I certainly noticed that with um, Kevin's and my kids, them being very emotionally intelligent yes. and, and understanding situations from such a depth that I actually found it fascinating how emotionally intelligent they really were. It was, they were surpassing plenty of adults that yeah. I know. And yeah. that's, that's what we used to be like. And especially as children, they were like their balance of emotional intelligence is high, um, but we've been conditioned out of that. And so it's really good to see that already coming back through. You can see how in 40 years time we can have that because this generation is going to move up into that, into that area. And as long as, as our generation, you know, those in their sort of forties and fifties and even sixties don't quash that too much. And then if we can start opening up to that and saying, yeah, that that's the way I see it, or that's why I feel, I think it's going to be, you know, that's going to help it sort of move forward. Um, I was just, I was wanting to touch on community because I have um, a a few lovely people in my life and like one of my buddies we went over to his house the other night well not the other night a month or two ago and we were helping him skin a bear and a wolf and my other friend will get together when I had my garden in the summer and we did canning together and we made all these different things and I did a whole bunch of canning this summer um, sort of learning gardening and and I'm finding myself very interested in these things but I grew up in the prairies. I grew up in Saskatchewan. We all had gardens. We all did canning. We that like that's how we lived in community. The family would get together, you know, you would they would go hunting, that type of stuff and living off of the land. So when I actually moved out here to the West Coast, I found it very weird. Yeah. Because there was not actually this like um familial tightness where you go hunting together, you go fishing together, or you get together and you have big meals or you um, garden and can and, and do all of those homesteady type stuff. But one thing I found is that like, I like community. And if I could set, if I could build like an intentional community where I had, you know, a group of particular people that I really enjoyed. But, you know, here's the thing. I still want my own space, right? Yeah. Where we all communally live together. I think that would be amazing. Unfortunately, what I do see is that communities attract, like communal living attracts weirdness sometimes. Like, I'm not sure how else to say that. Yeah. Other other than, you know, there can be these people sitting down and having like abundance circles and gratitude circles. And, and it's like, oh, come on, like, can't we just live life normally and help each other out? But why, why do we have to get into all of this woo woo crap around it? 
Yeah, and like, that's what they're saying at the start, that falsified um, expectations of what it is. You know, we've got, when you when you talk about community living, it's, it becomes a hippie kind of cultural thing. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and Spirit was in no way implying that we needed to go into communal living to be communal. Um, and No, so, and I understand that. I understand that. But for me, it's very important to have my community of people. Yeah. And, and my close people, my 4am people that I can call my family. And that's, you know, that was part of the, what was very difficult with Kevin and I splitting up is that I had this big family, but you know, it's funny because sometimes people almost want to step away from their family to go build community. And it's like, but you've got it right here. Like you're seeking community, but it's right here. Yeah. Yeah. Your family can be that communal space, you know? Yeah. I know in our community here um, in the last sort of two years and and in many ways um, COVID just did, it did help change that kind of, um, that, that community and that getting in touch with people within your own space because you couldn't travel and you couldn't do things. But um, a company started called So Hip and they're an organic farming um, and, you know, one of the things that Spirit was talking about was that the with diet they were talking about the chemicals and the poisonings and the foods and things like that that we're currently consuming people will be more aware of and more consciously trying to diversify out of and so this group is a collective of farmers and it's getting bigger and bigger in the in the 18 months or two years that it's been around um, and they so you actually get your local produce you put in go online each week and you you order what you want and then it gets delivered to a local store and everyone goes and picks it up at two o'clock or whatever and so that type of community farming some of them have got tiny little things they might only just do tomatoes and they add there you know my son's uh, friend is um, a young boy out of high school and he started um, doing milk um, local milk and local his family does local eggs so they all start making a living on that community that local community and then the community supports them by buying them and within our town that we live in um, you know I go in with other people so they go and pick up all the veggies because it's 15 minute drive away bring them back to the community and they give them their boxes so that is simple little ways of being part of community that we can do that then promotes healthy eating that supports local transport you know uh, cost and and uh, energy consumption gets lower so it's just those little type of things that when they're talking about community they would do, um, that I think that they're the part to be. And, and they have open days, so you can go out to the farm and spend time in the farm. If you're interested, you could go and volunteer there or you can get a paid job there. So they're always asking for people to come and pick for a season. You know, so they're, you'll be getting in touch with each other and into that community, which I absolutely love, you know, like. Um, yeah, I, lo- I love that too. What I don't like is that falsified community that you yes. were talking about yeah. that um, where it becomes this woo wooey kind of energy of, and I mean, I've already said it. I, I don't like that. That feels inauthentic to me. It yeah. feels ingenuous. Yeah. But yeah. what you're talking about a hundred percent, we have our spaces, we help each other out. We're always, you know, sort of around and doing those things. I love that. Yeah. Because again, I'm always so much about balance and just keeping it real, you know, in order for me to have community, I don't have to go live with eight different people in a communal space. I can have community, but they don't have to live in my backyard, you know? 
And you look yeah. at all the natural disasters that are happening across the world. What happens in community when that happens? Everybody gets out. The smaller gets community, and helps the larger other. community. I mean, the amount of people all over the world that donated to the koalas in Australia when yeah. you know, millions of dollars. So it yeah. became a, a world community or a community lover of animals. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, you know, communities in, in so much. I really hope that we get more to do, to in touch with some traditions and some things like that, some some of those culture sort of things that mm-hmm. the way we used to do things were simpler. It would be really nice to see that. Um, it definitely was talking about just starting to listen to ourselves again and to start question what we're doing. I really loved that you brought up at the start of the podcast um, the social uh, pressure that we have that to to meet social norms um and i think if there's one thing that you can do for yourself is stop measuring yourself against anybody else um because we're not meant to be measured against anyone else and so once we you know we've said it a thousand times i have life is not a ladder you are not meant to be measuring you're not meant to be giving a number to anything you you know you are what you are you're born a certain way um looks wise accept it like you know um if you're not happy with it, change it. But don't be unhappy with it because you want to look like someone else. I mean, this is, I'll tell you a story about a day I was absolutely horrified by where society was. And this was maybe five years ago. My son had um, a tooth that came out. We went to a dentist and they said, you've got to go to an orthodontist. He'll need braces because it came out at a bad time. And we went into this orthodontist and I started to look around and, Everyone looked the same that worked there. The women all had the same smile and the same teeth. And I mean, they were dressed the same, but they all had the same haircut. And it was kind of like a movie, like a robot kind of AI movie. And I'm looking around and my husband was there as well. He never comes to those appointments, but it was we, we were in port together, in the main town together. So we were um, we went in as a family. And I'm looking around going, everybody looks the same. He's like, shh. I'm like, this doesn't feel real. <laughs> you know, pinch me if this is a bad dream. Yeah. Anyway. One of these things is not like the other one, and it was you. <laughs> so we get through this, like we're in this thing, all these parents sitting with their child, and we get through to the one male dentist, that the, the guy who works on there's like eight or nine or even ten females running around, and they get you into your room, and they come along, and Two of them are there. Clearly, his ideal of what a woman should look like, hey? Absolutely. So we're there, and he's looking at teeth. He goes, "Okay, so what we can do is we can give him uh, braces, and we can do this realignment, and I'll give you a a thing of what his teeth will look like. We'll get this, and so he'll have the perfect exact teeth that he should have." And I said, "Okay, so you're just going to realign that little tooth that's out?" And he goes, "No. At the same time, we'll get every tooth." lined up to where they should and his his top and bottom will go exactly where it is and he'll have the most perfect smile and I said well he's got a really beautiful smile already and the guy's looking at me and he said oh no we have a signature smile that we can get you're like yeah I noticed (laughs) I'm like and I'm like so you want him to look like everybody else I said he said yeah I can walk down the street and I can tell you all the people that have got my smile from my place and I'm like I don't want that for my child I I love his face. I love his smile. I want him to be him. I want don't want to tell him that I brought him here to make him have a better looking smile for society that suits your tick. 
And my husband has just got his hands in his head because I'm actually saying this out loud. <laughs> like, Good for you. There's no inner head here. <laughs> it was just, he had no idea. The women that were standing up behind him, they were just like looking away. Nobody knew what to say. And I'm <laughs> just going, I said, I don't think this is for us. Like, I just want to get the medical thing done. If medically, for a health reason, he needs that tooth realigned, then yes, tick, let's do it, get it back to where it is. But if you're talking about a cosmetic thing, I don't want this. This isn't what the message I want to give my son or anyone else. And then he goes, yeah. okay. And then the lady goes, okay, we'll take you to the front. You can sign the paperwork. And I'm just like, oh, they're like trying to get rid of you. Get her out of here. <laughs> And it was these open like corridor things as well. So everyone in the other ones waiting could hear me. But mm. it was it was like a wake up call for me. I mean, we live in the country, so we don't see that, you know, no one here gets Botox in their lips. It just it's it, no one's doing it, so no one's pressuring anyone, so no one knows about it. But you go into the city and you see that, or you go even yep. closer to the city. Yep. So for me, this was in my town. This was in the big city near me, half an hour away from where I am. Um, this is happening. This is where we're all trying to like mirror ourselves to one person. And I was devastated that a whatever ten year old boy was being told that yeah. he needed to correct his smile. Like, yeah, come on. I and I think the the message. Thank you so much, by the way, for sharing your your download. And I think it's beautiful and wonderful. But to me, if I could sum it up in a very grounded way, is <clears throat> not that your way wasn't grounded. You know what I mean? <laughs> is live authentically. So like you just said about your son, you know, you're going into somewhere and he's supposed to look. And it's like, no. Yeah. So make decisions based on what works for you. If, if you want to get married and have 1.5 children and live in a white picket house fence, because that is truly, truly what you want, fabulous. Don't just do it because that's what everybody does. But also, don't try to live completely outside of the box to point your finger at the box that other people are living in to say, oh, well, look at them. They're just following social norms. Well, all you're doing is moving from one box to another box to try to prove that you're not in a box anymore when in fact you're very much inside of a box, <laughs> right? So it's, it's making those authentic choices that align with you. And one thing that COVID really brought for me was um, like when we used to have to line, line up outside of grocery stores in order to get our food, I was like, oh my God, we are literally five days away from complete and total mayhem and madness. So, you know, learn these skills again. We are going to be learning these skills again to hunt, to fish, to to can and, and homestead and create our own our own food. And it's not because something catastrophic is coming. It's because these are significant skills that we've lost. Yeah. The other skills that they're explaining are going to becoming more important. And you spoke to it was the talking to each other. People's ability to manage conflict does not exist anymore. Yeah. Or even just to talk to people like there's the, okay, we don't have to respond within like, you know, 20 minutes of receiving a text message, but for God's sakes, don't leave it for two weeks. Like yeah. that's just a complete disregard for, for human connection um, and 
they were saying that almost based on in the previous section, what was it called? Not a section, a, what do they call it? Oh. Um, in the previous series, yes, series, yeah. I have the message that said human awakening is happening at a very, very rapid pace in the next three months. So I, I just think that's fascinating. But for me, I have definitely found this. I have found that I want to get back to deeper connection, but in a grounded way that it's not based on, oh, look at me, I'm living in this conscious community because I'm so much better than all of you that go to work every day and and pay your bills and, and pay your taxes and, oh, look at me, look at me. It, it, it's, it's more about like coming from a very authentic place, not from a posturing place or a trying to pull yourself away from society. I believe we need to be integrating the two. We need to be integrating that sort of fast-paced consumerism type um way of living with a more natural um authentic way of living and to me it all comes down to your own authentic choices like if I want to get a boob job because it will truly just make me feel better about myself and I will feel better every time I look in the mirror this could be argued 50 different ways cool but if I'm getting it because Sally down the street and Betty down the street and everybody else down the street has fake boobs and mine look like crap in comparison to them that's not the right place to be making decisions from so am I sort of surmising what it is that you're saying yeah definitely and I think that with that alignment of that balance with the once you over overarch that with the aligning to your age group you know, those sort of things will start to balance anyway, like your care for your appearance will be in a uh, a different way to what it would be with your balances out. So you, you yes, get more worried about whether point. I do have big boobs or not. Like, you know, like, yeah, we'll always, we should always care about some of those things, but we will care for them in a different manner. Um, mm-hmm. if our alignment's right. So once you find your alignment's right, you're going to you're gonna skyrocket. You know, that three months that you talked about, if you can actually acknowledge that you are out of alignment in your physical and your intuitive to where you should be sitting, you will go, oh, wow, I am. And I'm making a lot of decisions for physical rather than for mental, or I'm making way too many decisions intuitively and not really considering my body. Once you get that balance right. And not right, being logical. Yeah. If you're once making you too many intuitive right. decisions and not being logical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not realizing that, hang on, I'm out of touch with everyone in society. Like you're meant to be here as a collective together. Um, You know, so I think um, the falsified expectations, uh, we need to really make sure that we're not um, we're not hearing wrong what what um, these people who are getting spiritual information and downloads and are sharing it so well. You know, my teacher, Nancy Rebecca, uh, Jeanette Biro, who who we both um, adore really well, both of them uh, get some lovely messages. And if you listen and understand the messages from them in the right way, they will really help you on your path. But if you're listening to them in in a concerned way that, hang on a minute, I'm not getting these information, I'm not getting this sort of stuff, um, that I'm not on the boat, I'm not on the thing, or that you're wanting to go way too high out of your body, then you won't get the message that they're so kindly delivering to us. Um, yes. Yeah, and, and that's where that we get a falsified kind of thing of what the awakening or the open consciousness is. It, it's an alignment back. And you said what we've lost and that's true. What we've lost, we are now finding. 
And actually, that reminds me of what Nancy, what Nancy Rebecca used to say online like that, what will loss will now be found or something like that. And it never really made sense to me. Um, but that is, that, that realignment, what is lost, we are now as a human race, we are now collectively moving towards. And know that some people are on this already, by the way. Some people never went off it. Some cultures never went off it. Um, yeah. You know, so it's, it, it's, it's different lines for every person and every culture, but yeah, as a collective. I can definitely know for me when I became in alignment, and it was a number of years ago, whereas before that I wasn't. Yeah. And I got to this place where it was like, somebody else doesn't get to tell me who I am. Somebody else doesn't get to tell me where I'm coming from. Somebody else doesn't, you know, I know who I am and yeah. I know why I do what I do and why I operate in this world. Yeah. And I've had the finger pointed at me a number of times of, oh, you're coming from this place. And it's like, no, I'm not. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I'm literally telling you where I'm coming from and you're just choosing not to see that or or you're making these decisions based on these societal sort of norms or expectations. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm making those decisions because authentically that's what I, that's what works for me. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. I remember so, years about 20 years ago, I was um, with a bunch of friends and I may have mentioned this in the past, but, and I overheard them saying, oh, Nettie would be really beautiful if she wore makeup and cared more about her appearance. And I think a, you're really beautiful regardless. Well, it was a really funny like, thing because I went, oh, that is so sad that she doesn't see beauty within people. Yeah. And I think that she did. I think she sees two beauties. But for me, I I felt that I was in a better, uh, like, alignment with myself. I'm more comfortable with myself. The fact that I don't go to the hairdresser and I don't have to get my eyebrows done and all these bits and pieces that I, I don't see the, the value in there. I do think I am a beautiful person because of who I am within myself and I remember yeah. that moment very clearly and I remember those words very clearly and that I thought those words would have really hurt a lot of people um, and we've got to move away from that and how can I yeah. as a person help people move away from that and here we are like 20 years later I think it's about 16 years later and I feel like I am helping people now realize that when you look at someone when you are truly, truly in line with your intuition and your physical mind, when they go together, you no longer see people in the same physical mode. No, so you don't. you see such and beauty. those people radiate. Yes. Like, yeah. I, I recall seeing this woman once, and she was just, like, walking down the street, and I was like she wasn't necessarily what you would consider very super attractive on the outside, but she glowed. Yeah. Like she was just unbelievably radiant. And it actually reminded me, I had someone say to me once, you know, something about my weight. I mean, I'm not skinny. And, and they said, you know, some people would judge your weight as being overweight. And I'm like, I don't know why you see that. I'm like, I see myself in the mirror and I think I'm an actually beautiful woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got some curves and I'm like, I'm okay with that. Sometimes yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not always, but I'm like, I'm okay with who I am. Yeah. And it's because you're yeah. not seeing just a physical shell. You're not seeing the mannequin of what you are. You're seeing because the holistic. Intuitively. Yeah, yeah. You're seeing the holistic part of it. And when people say what someone looks like, I have to think twice because 
what I see them look like and actually then physically when I'm trying to describe them is very different. And I'll miss key things that people go, what do you mean you didn't tell me they were redhead? And I was like, oh, like I'm saying things like, oh, you know, she's got like a really soft soul, but she's got this kind of hard edge. And, you know, like I'm trying, they're going, yeah, give me more. And I'm like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. when she wants, they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, like no, what surely, does she you know, look like? And then I'll go, oh, she's five foot two, red hair, freckles. And, mm-hmm, um, you know, yeah. and they go, oh, yeah, I know her. And so and that's, it's not the first instinct to me to go physical. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of like we were speaking about, quote unquote, this awakening. That's why I believe Spirit was was encouraging me to talk about the gym thing at the very beginning of the podcast, because I could observe, I could just on one layer observe somebody working out at the gym and being like, oh, wow, what a successful human. They're working out at the gym. Yeah. But it's understanding that there's more to it. So in that situation, there's multiple layers. And what you're describing and seeing in a person is multiple layers. Yeah. What's their motive for doing it? Yeah. One thing that courage, courage, where did the word courage just come from? Because <laughs> it takes I a lot of courage. I was trying to say spirit. <laughs> one thing that spirit is, I, I combined like in courage. Anyway, one thing that spirit is really encouraging me to talk about is actually opening up into connection. Because you're saying that a false belief in awakening is that we're going to start seeing UFOs or or um, extraterrestrials or spirit or whatever. And I agree with you. That's not necessarily true or what's going to happen. Because I think exactly because I think what will also be happening for people is they're just going to align with their physical and their spirit. So that is going to align better. So they're going to get more intuitive hits and they're going to be able to pick up on these things better. But that doesn't mean that they are going to become these people that are all of a sudden doing the work that we're doing or, you know, that are blessed with um, extraterrestrial sites. So keep, keep, keep the idea of awakening a real because really awakening is a change in perspective. Yeah. To keep it as grounded as possible. Yeah. It's a change in perspective. Yeah. So we have very much gone over. Um, Thank you, Nettie, so much for sharing that. I thought it was wonderful. Um, Do you have any last thoughts before we close off? No, I think, though, from you'll start, we'll start breaking this down more. um, So it'll fall back into what we were talking about um, at the end of last series. And uh, we'll we'll hone in on more of these and we'll start to give you some ideas and and, and things that we do or that we can suggest that you do um, to get this alignment, to get realigned. Yeah, that's wonderful. And hopefully I get the fabulous download next time. Yeah. Because you're kind of outshining me a little bit with the downloads there, Nettie. The reality uh, no, is, is I'm not getting them because I'm in my head about everything that's happening. But next but, time. But it's interesting because during out this podcast, the things that you were coming in were in my notes. So yes, it's you we might not be sitting there getting dumped in the same way. But it's yes. coming in in a in yeah. I'm taking the brunt of the download, and you're just getting it yeah. live, beautifully trickling in. <laughs> so, well, I'm just getting it as we talk, really. Yeah. Um. So yeah, thank you everybody for listening. We will unpack this a little bit more and. Just like to see you again.